hello, friends, and welcome back to Catechesis. In this lesson, we will be considering questions 18 and 19 of the Baptist Catechism. Question 18 asks, What was the sin whereby our first parents fell from the estate wherein they were created? And then question 19 will ask, Did all mankind fall in Adam's first transgression? And so first, the answer to question 18 the sin whereby our first parents fell from the estate wherein they were created. Uh, the kids will appreciate this. Uh, the majority of the answer to this question is a restatement of the question. Here is the answer. Was there eating from the forbidden fruit? And so I want you to remember the categories that were established in the previous uh, lesson, uh, the categories of positive law and moral law. We know that Adam and Eve fell when they ate the forbidden fruit. This was God's positive law. Uh, This was a law that God added to the moral law, which was written on Adam and Eve's heart. Adam and Eve knew from the heart that they were to honor God in all things. They were to love him supremely. But this positive law was added when God said to the man, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And we do know how the temptation went. The woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. Then she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. So here we have the fall of man into sin described. They sinned, and Adam in particular sinned, by eating the forbidden fruit Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. And uh, so too the Lord confronted Adam. And Adam put the blame on Eve, saying that she led him astray. But he also ate. They broke God's positive law by eating of this forbidden tree. But we know that they broke this positive law because they broke his moral law in the heart first. I think that is important for us to recognize as we consider this narrative. I think some might look at the whole story and say, what's the big deal here? Why was God so upset about Adam and Eve eating a piece of fruit from a tree? I mean, what's the big deal? Really, all of this death and suffering as a result of that But we need to recognize that the eating of the forbidden fruit was simply the visible manifestation, the visible expression of two hearts that were now rebellious against their God and King. Adam and Eve were both tempted by the serpent, uh, Eve tempted directly by the serpent, and then Adam tempted through the woman. They, They were tempted to rebel against their God, and that is what they did in the heart. They, to put it simply, ceased from loving God supremely. Instead, they listened to the voice of another. Instead, they loved themselves supremely. And that is why they ate of the forbidden fruit. That, that act of eating of the forbidden fruit was a visible manifestation of rebelliousness within the heart. And so it was indeed a grievous sin that Adam and Eve committed. Uh, not one that was innocent, but one that was very severe and deserving of the judgment of God. Question 19 is very significant. Um, I keep saying that as we go through the catechism. 
all of these questions are very significant. You know, I, I guess you could look at the catechism and say, oh, man, that, this is a long document. Really, it is b- very brief. It is only essential things that are being dealt with here in the catechism. But the question that is asked here is very significant in, in the sense that it helps us to understand why the world is as it is and why all men are in need of a Redeemer. Question 19. Did all mankind fall in Adam's first transgression? The answer. The covenant being made with Adam, not only for himself but for his posterity, all mankind, descending from him by ordinary generation, sinned in him and fell with him in his first transgression. So first we are reminded that this covenant was made with Adam. Well, which covenant are we talking about here? We are talking about the covenant of life, the covenant of works, the covenant of creation, the Adamic covenant. Remember, this covenant goes by different names. We have already addressed this when we considered question 15 of the Catechism. Remember that in that question, uh, we asked what special act of providence did God exercise towards man in the estate wherein he was created? And the answer was, when God had created man, he entered into a covenant of life with him upon condition of perfect obedience, forbidding him to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil upon pain of death. This is the covenant that we are here referring to in question 19. This is the covenant which Adam broke. He failed to meet the condition of it, which was perfect obedience. He ate of the forbidden tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and we will see that he himself did enter into the state of death. Adam and Eve entered into the state of death. But our catechism is very careful to point out that this was not only for Adam, but for his posterity, for all of his descendants, in other words for his children and his children's children. On and on we go throughout human history. Adam functioned, therefore, as a representative for others. Adam's success would have meant blessing for others, life for others. Adam's failure meant death for others. Adam's failure meant curse for others. So we are to see Adam not just as an individual man, but as a special uh, and man who, who represented others. Uh, he stood uh, not only for himself, but for his posterity, uh, namely all mankind. And these who descended from him by ordinary generation, it's a reference to uh, the natural process of procreation, they uh, sinned in him, we sinned in him, though we did not commit the sin, Uh, We did sin in Adam in the sense that Adam's uh, guilt was passed along to us, imputed to us. Uh, He, standing in the place of all humanity, did plunge all of humanity into this guilt, into this broken covenant now. Uh, We fell with him in his first transgression, the Catechism uh, correctly says. So Adam uh, did all of this, uh, not for himself, but for his posterity. He was a federal head. Um, And all mankind descending from him by ordinary generation sinned in him and fell with him in his first transgression. This is what Paul speaks of in Romans 5.12 and 14. 
where he says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. For indeed, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. So there's so much to be said about this Romans 5 passage. But I want for you to take special note of this, that Paul is comparing Adam with Christ. And we are told here that Adam was a type of the one who was to come, speaking of Christ. Adam and Christ share this in common. Both were representatives. Both were federal heads. Adam, the first Adam, uh, represented all humanity. But Christ, who is called by Paul the second Adam, because of this uh, connection, he represented all who would be in him, all given to him by the Father from eternity past, all who would have faith in him. Uh, So Adam failed, and we failed in him, we who descended from him by ordinary generation. But Christ succeeded, and all who have faith in Christ succeed in him. Uh, They come to enjoy the benefits of the covenant which Christ has kept. Which covenant? Well, the same covenant, the covenant of works. Christ lived in perfect, exact, and perpetual obedience to the Father. He kept this covenant of life. He entered into life. He entered into glory. And all who are in him are glorified with him. What a blessing that is. So we need to just square with this, that this is how the world works. This is how these covenants work. They have representatives over them. The covenant of works and the covenant of grace have have representatives at the head. Christ is the mediator of the covenant of grace. Adam was the covenantal head of the covenant of works. Uh, You know, we can see this uh, principle of representation in the world. Um, These aren't perfect analogies, but even just consider the United States of America. We have a president who makes lots of very important decisions that have an impact upon all of us. We don't make the decisions. We might agree or disagree with the decisions. Nonetheless, we are in a way united to the President of the United States. We are one with him, being a part of this nation, and his actions have an impact upon us. They affect us. And we could say the same thing about so many different other uh, aspects of society, our our parents even, you know, the the choices that our parents make have an impact upon us. Um, uh, That is always the case. And so we see this principle kind of interwoven into the world, into the way that society functions. But here our confession, or rather our catechism, is right to say that Adam stood not only for himself, but he stood for all uh, of mankind. We see that in Adam all died. In the narrative of Genesis, uh, very early on in the book of Genesis, we begin to read uh, genealogies and we get to hear about the lives of the descendants of Adam and Eve. And I will read uh, Genesis 5, beginning in verse 1, uh, and then I'll pick a couple of verses uh, throughout Genesis chapter 5 to illustrate this principle. This is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them and named them man when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. The days of Adam after he fathered Seth were 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters 
Thus all the days of that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Those three words are very significant. And he, speaking of Adam, died. And then in Genesis 5.8, we read, Thus all the days of Seth were 912 years. Same three words. And he died. Genesis 5.11, concerning Enosh, and he died. And then Genesis 5.14, concerning Kenan, and he died. And on and on we could go to illustrate the point that Adam entered into a state of death, spiritual death, the day that he ate of that forbidden fruit. He was expelled from the garden. All of his descendants were born outside of Eden, not in it, as if they had a chance to kind of represent themselves. No, they were born outside of Eden because of Adam's sin. Adam eventually was given over to physical death, and the same is true for every one of his descendants. And he died, and he died, and he died, is the repeated refrain that we encounter throughout the book of Genesis, and we see it throughout the world today, of course. It has been true from this moment onward in uh, human experience. Uh, We all face death someday. And this, we know, is the consequence of our humanity's fall into sin. These questions pertaining to sin and the consequences of sin, they're not pleasant questions. I have in the past referred to this as the bad news section of the catechism, and I'll continue to refer to it as that as long as we're in this section. It's the bad news section of the catechism, but thanks be to God, there will be a good news section of the catechism where we will learn that God determined to not leave man in this state of sin and misery, but to provide a Redeemer. I will conclude by reading a familiar passage from Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 1 through 4, um, for they provide a very nice conclusion to this topic. There Paul writes, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Here is the state that mankind is in, given Adam's failure. But God, and here is the the, the good news that we love so very much, beginning in verse 4, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Wonderful news here, brothers and sisters. May the Lord bless you this week as you consider these catechism questions and even work to memorize them. Until next time, abide in Christ.